Welcome to episode 113 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Brian. We are two artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers. And each week we take some of The Endless Stream, a content brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Spotify, Amazon Prime, YouTube. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we are primarily talking about the new Spider-Verse movie as well as the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix and a couple other nerds things that pop up along the way. It's our first time seeing Brian in a while, or having Brian on in a while. He's been very busy, um, so we talked to him about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom also. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast, heading over to Spotify, heading over to iTunes, rating, reviewing, liking, subscribing. All of these good things really help us out. On top of that, you can head over to Instagram at The Endless Cast, where we put up art and clips to go with each episode. And that's a good place to send us a message, suggest something for us to watch, disagree with our opinions. Just get in touch over there if you want. Also, you can send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com if you want to go that route. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. Episode 113. Here we are. We're back again. Hey, Dion Brian. Hello. I'm uh, back. Uh, we haven't seen you in a little bit. You've been a busy boy. A little busy. A little busy. Um, a little busy. Uh, you, you've got a new job. It's taken up some time. Are you enjoying it? Yes. Yes. Well, that's great. Yes. Um, we'll say as I'm little working. as much about that as you want to. Yeah. I'm working with lovely people doing doing meaningful work, which is always good. So the people are nice and the work is nice, which is nice. Yeah. Cool. And it's still around loads of dogs, which is great fun. It's still around lots of dogs. Yep. That's the essential part. Dogs are good. Dogs are essential. We love dogs. You, di- you did a little uh, a house swap with Kevin for a couple of days there. I did. Did met How was met, that? met Bjugbug, as I like to call her. Bjugbug. Bjugbug. Little bug. Did you get Did you get up to anything while you were in Dublin? No. Well, I mean, I went to went back to the Royal Oak, which used to be my my local. Um, it's good to see it. it still exists. It's good. I don't know how long they've been doing ham and cheese toasties, but they're doing them now. And I had one, and that was great. Nice. That was great. I don't normally eat a lot of ham, but you can't really beat a ham and cheese toasty, a bag of crisps, and a pint of Guinness. Hmm. Does it get better than that? Yeah, it does. Is that really good? Yes, it is. It's great. It's still great. That's pretty good stuff. It's good. It's a nice sunny day. I had plenty of time to get my train. And I was like, yeah, mm. this is good. This is nice. Very nice. So, yeah. That was about it. Um, I brought my... I bought a case for my Switch. I've had my Switch since 2018. So I've had it five right. years. I do not ever take it anywhere with me. Mm. Um, I bought a case for it just so I could bring it to Dublin so I could play Zelda. Because hmm. I'm unable to play that really on weekends because every time I play it, I end up playing it for fucking 10 hours at a time. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and I usually don't start until seven or eight o'clock, which means when I'm playing it for nine or ten hours at a time, it's half past three before I turn it off. So, which means I cannot play it on a weeknight. I have played it on a weeknight. It was very foolish. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've only not, really not been as able productive to play a weekday. I've only really been able to play it on like Fridays and Saturdays. So yeah, that's what I did up in Dublin. Really, was um, me and Björg. Björg was happy to watch me play Zelda for cool. about ten, twelve hours. Yeah. You notice the time is creeping so, up now. So we haven't, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. It's like if you started at 7, why would you stop at 3? Why didn't you just go to 7 a.m., you know? That's just symmetry. Um, I don't think I've actually done that, though, to be fair. I think the no, latest okay. I've gone is quarter to five, probably. Okay. But even then, I don't, think, I, I, don't, I don't think I've played it for more than 10 hours at a time because it's, it's... Okay. Yeah. My eyes get a bit, bit tired. So we haven't talked to you since that game came out, though, have we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have. We haven't. No. It came. It so came out Brian, on Friday, uh, and I I didn't get to play it properly until, like, the day it came out. I didn't play it until. Again, it's probably eight o'clock that evening, which is bullshit. Mm. <laughs> so finished work at five. Went in town. Mm. Um, picked it up. By the time I got back and had dinner, it was like eight o'clock. I was like, "This is crazy. This game has been out since this oh, goddamn morning, day. a whole day, and I haven't played it yet. This is this mm. is this is some bullshit." Um, fourteen-year-old me would not be standing for it. Mm. Um, it's great. It's really good. It's. So I you were you were you were unsold. Yeah, and I remain I remain unsold on it. To be honest, on the so well on on parts of it, it's very impressive what they've done in terms of the the building and stuff. It's crazy. It's very deep. It is physics based. So, if you can come up with something. It gives you so many tools to to make that thing a reality. I've seen I've seen what people have done with all the tools and stuff it provides. They've done crazy stuff. And the thing is, I have no interest in playing it that way. I'm right. impressed. I'll, I'll watch a 30 second video of this fucking laser beam homing mech thing that somebody has made using yeah. like using parts in like there's a part you can get is a portable little pot for cooking. Right. Right. So, but it's 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 a pot shape, mm. almost like a, a wok or something. Right. So it's yeah, kind of a, a semi-circle dome. dome shape. And one of the mechanics in the game is you can attach things to other things. The pot is intended to for a single-use cooking of items. But people realize, well, the shape it is, we can actually use this as a ball and socket joint on things. Oh, and right, it okay. works. It works. It works as ball on socket joint so whether you want to make an arm or whether you just want to link up a bunch of carts or something it works and that's crazy 
and it's really fun in the scenarios where there's these kind of shrine quests or little puzzle things where it gives you a little clue. It's like this obstacle is based on this principle or this device or something. And it could be just buoyancy. It could be, here's a ball in water. It bounces. What ways can you make that bounce to achieve this objective? And here's a bunch of items around you. And you can build anything you want with those to try achieve, you know, whatever the, the puzzle might be and that's really fun in those instances going okay they've given me a fan and a big long piece of wood and a hot air balloon and a flamethrower so i can use the flamethrower to create heat under the balloon i can just that's fun but then in the actual game world i don't really have any interest in doing that stuff unless it's tied to a specific puzzle but a lot of people seem to be having a lot of fun just, just building building shit and it's cool yeah. and i'm impressed and it's awesome i'm not gonna do it i'm just yeah i'm just not so it's impressive that they've done it it's fucking cool it's it's amazing the depth of it um it's just not a part of the game i'm ever really going to engage with the, the odd time that i do so like there's there's caves you can explore and it's easier to get around the cave sometimes build a vehicle so you'll walk past this little depot with a bunch of building materials and there'll be a bunch of wheels and slabs so you can build a car powered by fans you can put a headlamp and stuff on it it's like oh there's rockets so if i want to go a bit faster i can attach rockets and stuff on it and you spend five or ten minutes just making something up on the spot and that's fun going oh where will i put the rocket and then well, if i put the rocket too far left or right it's going to steer it in the wrong direction so this fun of figuring out placing stuff you can spend 10 or 15 minutes doing that as a little diversion but then when you actually switch the thing on, it doesn't work the way you kind of expected. It's funny. And you go, okay, well, fuck that. I'm, I'm not I'm not wasting another 15 minutes. I'm trying to get over to that thing over there. And there's a there's, yeah. uh, river of lava. I can just glide across and I don't need to create a vehicle across it. I, so I, I diverted myself 15 minutes. That was fun. It didn't work. Moving on. Whereas other people will go, I'm trying that again. I'm trying that again. And, and like again, I said, I've, and seen, again. I've seen them do cool shit, but it's just... I. I I can only play it on Friday and Saturday, really. Hmm. I'm not going to waste yeah, I watched my 10 a video hours of a guy trying to ring a bell yeah. as loud as he could and the amount of solutions he came up with for yeah. like hitting it with a long sort of like fulcrumed arm, launching something up under it, launching something above it and dropping it down on top of it. Like it 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 looks like a lot of fun or mm -hmm. watching it's a lot of fun. But like yep. I, I've never. It's like I've, it reminds me a bit of um, GTA when people just start playing with the physics engines in GTA Four and Five, especially, yep. and and they've got a little bit of builder and sort of game mode modding and like like people build worlds in that thing, and you know, it's fun to watch. It's hilarious to watch it, but like I do not have the 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 time. I'm, I'm yep. very like yeah plot focused. Yeah. I, I saw a funny one of people trying the same thing. There's a there's a long stretch of water you're trying to pass. And you've had maybe three two or three obstacles before that are similar, where you're using a fan and a thing to float across this kind of body of water. And then you get to the next one, you're like, okay, well, this is longer than the other few. And the the way they've set it up, because they they've made you attach like a long rectangular piece, whether it's wood or 
you know, metal slab to uh, some type of um, mill or mm. wheel. You know, okay. so it's 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 getting it's using water pressure, it's turning, it's doing a bunch of stuff. So it definitely wants you to think, oh, can I you can I attach these pieces to make a fan to propel myself across the water? I've seen I've seen bunch of people try the same thing where they they have a they have a slab of concrete or wood and they've attached these wheels on the side of it so they wanted to like propel them forward but they're moving at different speeds because they're moving at different speeds it just sort of flips them up into the air and it doesn't work so like a lot of people kind of saying you know like you know i've made a calculated guess but i'm bad at maths like that kind of thing <laughs> but i eventually got to that shrine and like i said it definitely gears you towards why don't you build a type of propeller and see if that'll get you across. But I was like, I can also just stick three of these things together and make a bridge. Yeah. And I did. I just made a bridge and ran across. Um, you know, less fun, but also it's like, yeah, I, I I'm I, I don't have time. I don't have time. <laughs> Do you think that does anything to a generation of little kids? Oh, for sure. With yeah. with a giant <laughs> physics simulator in front of them? I it, especially I the engineering minded. Yeah, I don't see how I can't, you know. Yeah. I saw as well, like, the, there's a, a device I only just found, and it's a little kind of, it's a thing on a thread, right? So it's kind of a conveyor belt thread. And it just, it's almost like a Roomba. It just detects enemies, and it goes off, and it searches for them. And then it's up to you to attach an offensive thing on it. Or you could put a shield on it and use it as a little mobile defense thing or you can put a flamethrower on it and it'll, it'll home in on enemies and and shoot them but i saw somebody instead flip them upside down so the the thread part the con it's now like a conveyor belt and they fused a bunch of them together right so they've essentially got a conveyor belt okay and then they built a structure around it and they got a load of chickens from the game and put the chickens in this big enclosed thing with a conveyor belt thing underneath and then when you kind of frighten the chickens in the game they lay eggs and they essentially they activate the machine the chickens get afraid they've got about 10 of them and now they start laying eggs and they come down the conveyor belt and the guy is underneath and he crawls underneath and just collects the eggs and you can sell the eggs in the game for money so he's now got this industrialized farming setup for like far, literally farming eggs for money he, he built a he built a chicken coop with a conveyor belt that that delivers eggs to him and he just crouches underneath and collects eggs and it lays about like 20 eggs a minute or something which you can sell and it's like that is not how they intended it but because it obeys the rules of the game it works and it's viable and yeah you can do it and it's like what the fuck That's is so this funny. game <laughs> yeah so what what do you think of like I guess there's a Minecraft comparison? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um Yeah, but with Minecraft seems to be more about building and less physics oriented. Whereas the, the you can build stuff in this, but it's much more about how will how will it interact with this other thing. Right. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, what was the game? I'm blanking now. Um, the PlayStation, they released two or three of them with Sackboy and there was physics and... Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet with Stephen Fry's voiceover. Mm -hmm. um, and there was Mario Maker as well. They introduced sort of level building kind of thing as well. 
like this kind of more um, sandboxy builder thing. I know Little Big Planet isn't Nintendo, modular but sandbox like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nintendo being sort of tiptoeing. It's, it's a bit Fortnite as well, you know. Yeah, mm. a bit Fortnite as well in terms of building. Um, it's cool. It's very impressive what they've done. But is it still single-player, self-contained world? Like, or do you think mm-hmm. Nintendo are aiming yeah. at a sort of like free-to-play? I, I, I think they'll model. I think they'll keep Zelda, Zelda, but they can use what works in it in another game for sure. Mm. You know, maybe okay. put it in okay. Animal Crossing or something like that. Maybe. Um, yeah, because yeah, I mean, I I don't. Nintendo don't have, but I can see how it would be appealing to get like some big open world thing that they can just sell hats and skins and things like a Fortnite and make a fortune, you know? Yeah, Animal Crossing. <laughs> so that is, I've not played it. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, you sort of, yeah, you build a house on a location and then you just buy cosmetic stuff. All right, I take it all back. Uh, Nintendo know what they're doing and they're ahead of the game. <laughs> well, I'm. Uh, I was just woken up in Chicago, and I was yesterday visiting a friend at her place of work called the Ice Cream Museum. Museum of Ice Cream. It was fun going out. It's a very like, what do you call it? Kind of like like an Instagram trap for people to show up and get like shots at like interesting, you know, wall of mirrors and and then lots of kids and lots of sugar, and you go in and you get it and you get hand. You get handed an ice cream, and then in like every room, there's a different ice cream thing. Um, Sierra chastised me because I uh, forgot to try the hot dog ice cream, which is their specific thing. I think you made the right call there. Which is ice cream that tastes like hot dogs, um, and that sounds. Uh, I tell you, it doesn't sound great, but um, I did kind of go. Mm, I should have tried the thing, but. Um, so we, we went around the um, the various rooms and we looked at all the toys and stuff and it's cool and it's a nice little like thing in the middle of the the city center and they got a cocktail bar in there that's all uh, ice cream and candy based um, cocktails. They're a bit sugary and when I say a bit sugary, they're very, very sugary and too sugary for me, I'm afraid, but we, we had two of them and they were, it was a gorgeous day in... Um, downtown Chicago and I haven't walked around down there yet so it was great to actually go down there when we got to the ice cream museum there was some promo thing going on outside of it where they were just like giving out free champagne and macaroon so we gave them our email addresses and then got free champagne and macaroons um, in the sun and That's okay. uh, it really is like that like it's a stunning city it really is down by that river um walking around where the dark night happened we went to the hancock building and i think the signature lounge is what it is and uh sat by the window staring out over the crazy skyline the hancock building is the one chris recommended because i think he said everyone goes to the sears tower because it's the famous one but this one's kind of just as good and you can see the sears tower from it um, and you're not queuing for hours and hours and hours um and given that i had no huge drive to climb the Sears Tower. This was, yeah, it's grand. Um, and, yeah, it was stunning. Then we found a couple of divey bars in the middle of Chicago. And 
Matsirsha went to this Irish bar that her friend works at um, and called it a night. But it was uh, it was a long old day of sugar and Guinness. So I'm a little sleepy this morning, but not too bad. We did get little home. Sleepy. Little sleepy. Just mainly because, you know, it's, it's early here, more so than I stayed out late and drinking a lot. But it was it was it was a fun day. It was a fun day. But I guess the key thing is uh this week uh we both seem to have seen Across the Spider-Verse. Did you rewatch Into the Spider-Verse coming up to this? No, but I'd seen it recently enough, I think. Probably okay. within a couple of months, I think. Well, I am I am thumbs up for Across the Spider-Verse. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, I have some nitpicks though, you know. Cool. Well, let let's be let's be wholly positive to begin with, because um, I too fantastic. have nitpick. It's great. It, it's great. It's great. It's a roller coaster for two hours and ten minutes. Just kicks off and starts going, and it levels up the the visual style stuff. Like it's actually funny. We, I did watch Into the Spider Verse. No, is it called Into the Spider Verse? First, first one. one. Yeah. yeah. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I watched that like the day after I saw Across the Spider-Verse and it's so funny that like okay one of them's a pig but like they all kind of fit the same visual style and world and they they definitely like I mean I guess at the end of Into the Spider-Verse where we see him go back to um, 1967 and he's in that animated like rudimentary one where the style breaks that much um that's our first cue for what across spider-verse is going to be because the first sort of anomaly we see or or first person from outside of gwen's universe is a completely different drawing style it's almost um almost pencil based and and cut out and like the whole movie is it's just leveled up so much in terms of the i'm saying leveled up a thousand times but i'm not quite sure how to put it like looking at lego looking at I love that visually, but narratively, Mm. it's confusing. And it's kind of one of the, like, I'm I'm all for it in the moment watching it. It's fun. Mm. But it, I think it pulls me out a little bit and I have questions about it. And then it kind of leads me to my, one of my nitpicks is that it's great that there's more diverse styles and unique as they hop from universe to universe. Mm-hmm. But I do hope they rein it in a little bit for the next one. I like that it's sort of anything goes kitchen sink, but I do think you need to peel it back a little. It's kind of overwhelming. It's overstimulating. It's confusing. Is the vulture from a universe where they're made of paper? Like, what does that mean? What I loved about the first one is that it has this cool style and then it has these flashes, these kind of stylistic things that I assumed were just stylistic flourishes. Mm -hmm. So when like Miles is running along and he jumps and it suddenly flashes into a kind of a pop art type thing, I don't think he's changing reality. It's just like a stylistic flourish, like slow motion. So when he goes from looking a particular way to, you know, pop art Liechtenstein kind of dots or something like bold colors yeah nothing's happening in the moment there like he's not jumping across reality well I assumed he's not he might no it's a filmmaking tool it's a filmmaking tool it's a little flash it's a little flourish 
Right. But then in this one, Vulture looks like a Da Vinci drawing, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. But then they talk about the fact that he's actually made out of parchment. It's like, well, how is that? A, was that a joke? Is it just because because he's from a different dimension, he looks different to them, or is he actually from a universe made of paper and drawings? And what? I think he's from a universe made of paper and drawings. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay, that's it. It's fine to do a spider pig with cartoon stuff, but like, how how is he so strong if he's made of paper? You know, like there's just too many questions. It's just it it breaks too much i think right for me i like it stylistically but you're saying now that okay there's there's things made of paper and like like how does gwen then appear to miles does she look like is he saying hey you're made of watercolors you know but he's got no questions about that like how does that work like it, it's if it if it's just a stylistic thing where it's a way to differentiate different things from different universes, I'm all for it. But if they're actually saying, like, what are they saying? <laughs> like, what are they saying? What, what does that mean? What are the what are the implications of that? I I don't think they're presenting you anything that re- I don't think they expect you to look at the implications of the. I don't think you can introduce it with. I think it's bad storytelling in what is other, an otherwise good story to introduce something like that. Okay, we go to like a world that is like live action Lego. In there, but as that's well. my point. Then... But, but that's 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 the thing. I I always assumed that it was just a visual thing to help us distinguish between different mm. universes. Okay. It doesn't make sense. It has to make sense on some level. Everything everywhere all at once is kitchen sink kind of mentality, but it makes sense on a certain level. But the, like, okay, let me think about this because I don't, I don't know that I have the example. How, how, like, why? Gwen, Gwen, is there, Gwen's, is there an animated Gwen's, like is there Gwen's a sky? Version? Gwen's background sky is all like acrylic and watercolors and stuff, right? The weirdest thing when she would go to another universe wouldn't be oh there's another Spider Man or there's another powers and stuff. It'd be like oh wow what's up your sky? Hmm. You know? You, oh, her world is re- is emotionally reactive. But that's what I mean. But yeah. It, 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 but. I've always assumed that it was just a, a thing to Stylistic visually thing. distinguish one world from the next. But when she goes to Miles' world, like straight away, your biggest question would be, "Hey, what's up with your sky? Why why doesn't your sky change color?" With because because it's not it's not that it's a style it's a visual stylistic thing. So they they need to pick which one it is. I think it's the and, real things. What do you mean? Well, I. I, I I know that this is. Does not she a, come from a universe where no the sky changes color yes. when your mood changes? Yeah. So the the next thing, when you jump to a universe, you wouldn't give a shit about the fact that there's a a dude with portals in his stomach. You'd be like, <laughs> "How come your sky doesn't change color when your mood changes?" But okay, I, that, I understand. That's what that, I, like, I'm with you. That that's bigger than anything else going on in the food because everything else they just accept. But they can 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 she not just accept that and then focus on getting back to her own world? 
But she's not about getting back to her own world. She's part of this this spider cop force. Well, we're, talk, we're talking the first one where she, you know, no, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking are, about my problem with this one is yeah. is that in the first Nicolas Cage's it, spider noir was you know baffled by color, you know. Yeah, but like I, assume, I assume staring at the Rubik's cube. I going, assume what is that's, this? I assumed in the first one that that's a throwaway gag. For the purpose no, of I assumed he came from a black and white world. I was baffled by color. Yeah, that I I don't like that. That doesn't okay. Work. You you can't you can't just you, you have to create a context for the world and your story, and you can break it now and then for the for a joke. But if you're saying no, right. this is actually how this universe works, then it, you break all you're breaking all of it then. And it doesn't but then work. how did you feel about um, Peter Porker being very much a Looney Tunes pig that could manifest things from like negative physics? Like he could just pull out an anvil ha- out of his pocket. Ha- hammer space. Hammer space. Yeah. Which they make a reference to. Which they, yeah. That's what I'm saying. They, they explain it. They explain it in universe. Hold on. Why do I know the phrase hammer space? Because it's in the film. It's in Across the Spider-Verse. Okay. But it's from anime. Yeah. yeah. Where's the moment in, in Across the Spider-Verse? Vulture. So I, can pull, I can pull things from... Yes, because his arm gets pulled off or something, or his tech gets pulled out. And he just has a bottomless out. bag, and they can right, pull okay. stuff out of it. But that, that makes sense in-universe, that there is a technology or a magic or a science, which, you know, it's a TARDIS, it's a... It's a bag of whatever it's called in D&D but there's an in-universe explanation for that where you can you can create spaces that are outside small but inside are are infinite right okay but you're but you're then also telling me that a dude made of paper uh-huh. is he two-dimensional how can he stand upright wouldn't he just be blown over how how, how is he such a what why does it take three spider-men Spider-Man's. <laughs> Why does it take three Spider-Man's to defeat a dude made of paper? They lose me at that point. And I, I went along with it. I was like, okay, but that they lose me. I, yeah, they lose me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I could try and make arguments around building walls of paper. The argument that works for me in it is that it's just a visual thing. It's just when a thing from another universe comes into another universe, it appears different. Or it's just a f- fucking narrative tool where it's to communicate to us as the audience. It, it's two things. It's it's fun to imagine thing in that in that style and to see it, so it's fun. And then two for the audience, it distinguishes. But when they're actually saying no, it's 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 actually it's actually made of paper. You kind of lose me. Okay. Okay. It's too busy. It's too much. So. Peter Parked Car is fine as a gag. But don't, don't overuse it. It's fine when. But he, then he's from a universe of cars, right? Like the movie Cars. Yeah, and, but, it, but it's also like, don't think about it too much. It's just, it's just a pun. It's funny. Move on. And I kind of, yeah, I'll move on. Right. 
there's there's a limit and there's a there's a fucking waste to how many times you can make those kind of jokes and i think they push it very far with this and they kind of threaten to break the rest of it it's 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 kind of hard to give a shit about the end being as dramatic as it is if the rest of the film is as silly as it borders on being the breaking of it into two separate films is um my i guess nitpick um because i do think that i think they pulled that off though you know i don't know for some reason i loved it and i want to see it again but for some reason i felt like i was going into this going i'm just going to meet thousands of spider-men and get left on a cliffhanger i didn't have a, a strong sense of the narrative and i enjoyed that um and I don't know why I still kind of feel like that because what they do with the villain is actually interesting and I liked it and I thought it gave the, the villain like what he went from being at the very start towards the end of it was really interesting. Where they left it was kind of fun. Well, not fun, but like interesting. Um, uh, I did feel like the first 15 minutes maybe is rehashing in longer form stuff we saw in the first movie Mm -hmm. you know so it's like we could trim this down like there's a lot of like let's reestablish gwen let's reestablish miles um i feel like we could trim a lot of that um i don't know if you agree i no definitely i thought miguel was cool um i I like spider-man 2099 a lot like i i was in that I do remember at the time the little like comic books backlash, like it was post clone saga, and like there was Spider Man twenty ninety nine. I think there was Punisher twenty ninety nine. I think there was a Conan twenty ninety nine. Maybe Fantastic Four. Like the the twenty ninety nine thing was a thing for a minute, um, but I do remember like there was something about. I mean, I guess that's why it's ballooned in the way that it has. But there is something versatile about the Spider-Man character that you can like redesign him over and over and over again, and it's fun and cool to watch and just go, "This is a Spider-Man in this context," or "Spider-Man in this context," in a way that I don't think you could do with Fantastic Four or you know Captain America in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, like they've taken some swings at like you know this U.S. agent and and. Um, Bucky Cap um, and Falcon Cap but like it's not ballooned to you know the Legion of Captains or whatever you want to call it I'm just trying to think if anything like again it does kind of descend into like here's the spider society and I'm just thinking of like the Legion of Kangs and the the what is it the Fortress of Ricks or the Council of Ricks like this idea of multiversal conflagration of, of all of the one instances of these people, I'm kind of, I don't know. They did it great. I was just sort of like, I think I've seen this too many times now and I'm starting to get kind of annoyed by this idea of, you know, like, um, if ever, like, it's the, like, Rick and Morty have it very, like, they spent a lot of time wandering through that idea, you know, but like, if you've got a society of Ricks and they're all Rick and they're all lunatics, like, um, um, scientists that build portal guns. Why are any of these Ricks running fast food joints 
to keep this society alive. You know what I mean? Why is anybody selling burgers in the society of Rick's? How does it... Do you know what I mean? Like, so we, we run past at one point, you know, like a psychiatrist talking to a Spider-Man. And it's, you know, a Spider-Man as a psychiatrist talking to a Spider-Man as a patient. And it's just like, it's a fun gag, as you say. And that, and that's the thing, that, that that's where if you're going to make that type of story, you get to make those kind of jokes because that's the opportunity you give yourself. But it's also just a gag. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a gag. Uh, and it, it you kind of, like, if you were to... You have that opportunity, and then the second you embrace that opportunity, you're kind of saying, in a way, nothing matters because everything, everything is going on here. So, and I mean, that's what everything, everywhere, all at once is about. It's like if everything matters, if everything's chaos, then why care about anything? And that's that's the conflict that you know her daughter has in the film, and then it's the conflict that. You know, I, if if I if I could have been anything and I could have had all these other lives, then how do I have any meaning in this version of myself? And that's what I love about that film is that it it has a very grounded, centered human question and resolution in the middle of it, on top of being really silly. And then this. Yeah, the, the second you start talking about anything, anything can happen, anything, anything is going on. So why does any of it matter? The second you introduce that, that's the risk you have. And yeah, you can make a funny Peter Park car gag or have a spider therapist. You can also have a universe where stuff is made of paper, sure. But then you you have to resolve some of those questions that you introduce. Because otherwise, why care about any of it? So when you when you put something like that at the forefront, it, it so the 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 first thing is yeah, like I said, vultures made out of paper. Like I can I can accept him looking like the Vitruvian Man, and that really lends itself to okay, he's a he's an inventor, and you know, I'm sure Da Vinci had stuff that looked like this. So what if this vulture looks like that? Yeah. Or what if he's a vulture from a Renaissance period? So we just draw him in a Renaissance style, but he's not actually made of paper. Right. right. I I don't get yeah. that thing. And then the second part, like I said, with Gwen and her dad having that conversation, it makes sense stylistically or narratively to kind of show where their emotions are at as they're having yeah. this this heart to heart that they need to have eventually. But it doesn't make sense for it to actually be happening literally. Yeah. And I think when they introduce too many of those styles all at once in the film, it's a little overwhelming. Overwhelming. It's kind of hard to care about it because it's. I, I love the kitchen sink approach. I don't want anybody to rein them in necessarily. Hmm. But I think well, they. I think they themselves need to make some. If you throw everything to see what sticks, some of it's not going to stick. Yeah, and I think I think right. and I think you need to then trim some of that stuff because because now everything's going to land as well and it, mm. it does pull away from from what you're doing you know yeah i think well but i loved it yes. also that's it you know? i'm i'm in that i position. did love i don't necessarily agree with you on that yeah. um i i did just enjoy 
the ludicrous concept of like, yeah, like, no, he's, I, pap- I, he's paper and I, try and wrap your head around how a two-dimensional object I did fights two, with a three-dimensional. At the time. Yeah. But thinking about it afterwards, I think... Because I, I because I've seen I've seen some people kind of say yeah I loved this but I didn't love it and I think mm. that's that's my take on why some stuff okay. doesn't land. So yeah, I mean I know I know what you mean that like if I start trying to go the moment I see he's a two D person I start my brain starts going how does a two D object. Yeah, and, and again, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't but entertain that, that part. Away the, very yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At, yeah. When I'm watching it, I did exactly the same. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's go along. With it. But you come out of it over time and think that is a question that should have been examined. Not that it should be examined. I, I think, I think the film is over long. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think when you've got that kitchen sink approach and you're throwing everything and not everything's going to stick, right. you've got to cut some stuff. And then somewhere along the way, I think, hey, yeah, you know what? Maybe it doesn't need that line about that. Or maybe this scene is too long because the whole point of this scene is that we're changing colors and things. And it's like, actually, maybe it could be simpler, you know? So do you think, like, if that scene, she just hadn't said, hey, you're made of paper, would you have just been like, it's fine, I will accept my own interpretation of what's happening here? Yeah. Because that, that that's what I was doing in the first film anyway. Yeah. You know, it's just... So one of the things that got pointed out to me after the fact, and there's loads of stuff getting pointed out to me after the fact. Like like um, what's going through Miles' head when he sees uh, a live action person? Is Miles also a cartoon? Because they make a a comment about Spider-Pig being... Or spider Pam or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember mixing yeah. up. They make a comment about him being a cartoon. It's like, but you're a cartoon. Do you not see yourself as a cartoon? And then when he's yeah. seeing a flashback from the other films, or he's seeing a, a character who's human, why is that? Like that would that would inspire that would be a fucking existential <laughs> crisis. You're like, hold on, am I not what? Like, yeah, because because they're two D as well. You know, yeah. It, it like, I know exactly. I know, know what it, you're it saying. Just, it just breaks. It breaks. It. it it's it's straining already and it's just working just about because it's like don't think about it too long move on which i did yeah but then afterwards when you're kind of thinking about it but you're putting yourself in the but you're putting yourself in the shoes of the character going why isn't his mind breaking every time he sees a reality defying well yeah yeah i I mean that that, that's what you got to do when you're (laughs) and the, the, the i guess the key suspension of disbelief for the thing is he just accepts that every iteration from a different universe could be anything like why why care about somebody who's dead in one universe being alive in another or dead in another when it's all happening all at once you know those are things you kind of do have to think about from a story perspective why care about someone who's alive in one universe? sorry how do you how do you mean like of course he's going to care about his father even if a version of his father's dead in another universe yeah, but when when you throw this sort of when you throw everything at something, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you can't break reality without breaking your character's mind. Why would your character care about a a thing, a very grounded, deep thing, when you've just shown them that there are things beyond your own consciousness and reality, right? Yeah. You're saying like the, I, I know. I think I know what you're like. I think I do know what you're referring to in terms of like the the 
what's presented to him, but like it, it, like seeing a version of a world where his father's dead makes him, you know, you you see a possibility that relates to you and your your father, right? Like it, it, it makes you want to protect what he has and not allow this reality to occur in his own, right? Like, am I off on, on what we're talking about? When somebody takes psychedelics, right? And they hallucinate other versions of possibility and consciousness, right? It either, like it rewires your brain in a way it makes them kind of go, why do I care about that when I have felt the possibility of there being something so far beyond my own perception, right? Or it induces psychosis where people go, oh my God, why am I worrying about a fucking who knows what when reality broke for me a couple of hours ago and is any of this even real right okay and now and now now you take a character and you show them like a hundred percent no question no hallucinogenic no psychedelic uh there's a universe where uh we're all fucking cars and our names are puns fine for a gag but why would anybody care about anything when Well, well, I mean, look, I mean, well, all right, maybe this isn't the best analogy, but like, you know, we know that the human race has been around for X amount of thousand years. The plant's been around for 65 million years. You've got 80 to do anything in this world. Why give a shit about anything here anyway? None of it matters. It's the blink of an eye geologically. Why should we care about our own existences? And I yeah, think but, 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 rationally but, but, you go... But the yeah, thing there but, is that that that's just a number that we know. That's a piece of information we know. That's not a thing we can feel, right? Like that that that's so far removed from us. Like two years ago is so far removed from our, our mentality sure. and consciousness. You tell me some. You tell me we've been around for three hundred thousand years or whatever. It's like okay, yeah, fine. It doesn't really affect my day to day. But if you rip me from one universe and put me in another. Yeah. And I am confronted and I there's no denying there's no there's no changing the channel. You have literally shown me something beyond my own physical reality. Sure. And then when part of that is bonkers things like uh the sky changes color when uh when I'm having a conversation with my dad or there's dudes made of paper or whatever. Why would your character care about the mundane when there is so much fantastical going on around them? Those are there's bigger questions. It it'd be, it'd be yeah. like if God fucking reached through the skies, ripped you out, and had you in the palm of his hand, and was like, "This is how I made the world." And there's other worlds, and there's all these other worlds where you're a fucking cat or a car or something, and you're going, "Yeah." But what about my dad? My dad, though, like, it's like. I've just shown you, I've, 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 I've lifted the veil, I've peeled back the inner workings of reality mm. and you're still worrying about what you're going to have for dinner. <laughs> it doesn't I, make sense. I, I, I hear you. 
Um, I guess I guess you're just the version of Peter Parker that gets uh, very caught up in the caught up of the <laughs> caught up. Miles has shit to do. I think He's I'm getting back seeing to the bigger picture. I'm not getting caught. They're getting caught up in the little minutia. I'm seeing the fucking whole picture. Yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. No, you're right. You're, you're right. The way I, the way you're right. The way I phrase it. You're you're just you. Sorry, you are the transcendent individual yeah, within Spider like Society. Thank yeah. Thanks. That sees the whole picture. There we go. And um, better. Uh, uh, we'll we'll change the universe. <laughs> One of the things that got pointed out to me is uh, that we don't hear Nicolas Cage in this one. But we do have Andy Samberg doing his Nicolas Cage impression, mm-hmm. which is very funny. I didn't quite twig that at the time. I've also heard nobody else say this but me. And it's got me wondering, am I reading into a line or... I don't think I'm reading. Gwen's telling Miles about Miguel. Mm. And she's explaining yeah. that he's like part vampire or something. Yeah. And Miles says a good guy vampire or a vampire who's a hero, I'd pay good money to see that. That's a Morbius gag, right? It's a it Morbius gag. Okay. It has to be. Yeah. It must be. Right, I hear you. But I've heard nobody else it must be. point out. It has no, to you're you're you're, it has, you're it has to be. You're spot on. Yeah. Uh, because we've got the I don't think we even see them. I think they're swinging. So I don't think the cameras are even on their faces. So it's kind of yeah. like an ADR kind of line. Yeah. And it's a, yeah. A vampire oh, who's also a hero. Sony. I'd pay, it says like, I'd pay good money to see that. And then it cuts to the, the next thing. It's like that. Mm. That's got to be a Morbius gag. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Sony. I laughed, um, but I was the only person. Are definitely shoehorning in every version of everything that they've got into it. Yeah. Um, to build their little universe. Uh. Look, all in all, I, no, had I, a great I loved time. it. I loved yeah. it. I, I'm, I'm just kind of calling back to when we first heard about Into the Spider Verse. I remember all of us kind of being really apprehensive because Sony didn't have the best track record. Yeah. And then the first trailer for it came out, and it looked great. And then in that trailer, it there's I think there's the shot of it's either the shot of him jumping across the subway tracks. Or when he makes contact with the car, and when he touches the side of the car, when the, yeah. when the art style changes completely, I think we all saw that and went, Holy "Wow, shit. this is yeah. fucking cool!" And yeah. him touching the car and it changing for just a couple of frames. No, none of us were thinking. It, it, it's just a visual stylistic thing, yeah, and it's cool. And I'm glad they threw in more of it. But now they're saying that those things, they're beyond visual; they are actual universes and stuff and i would just leave it <laughs> i think you i hope they dial it back a little bit for the next mm. one so without being restrictive just just kind of like throw it all in and then yeah. after it's done cut it down a yeah bit. i i, I don't i don't think as, as opposed <laughs> you know it's not no it's not at all <laughs> they're making them back to back so they're making they're making them back to back they're just rolling through them like yeah. they probably got through they got this one kind of finish and they're like you know they're at the halfway point they're hitting their stride you know um it, know. it's just it, it it gets if you're not careful that approach you end up with a love and thunder Yes. Okay. Great. Great. A great example and a and a, and a warning, a cautionary tale. Um, 
I mean, I guess given that they, uh, I I don't think the next one will be that because because yeah. I think like I said back and I system. yeah, and I I really did love it. Like I think it's a fucking it's a ten out of ten still. Yeah, despite being too long and maybe too much bit of excess, I still absolutely love it. I think the next one's going to be great, mm-hmm. but I think if they were to then make. Uh, and not just Sony, but just I think if you were to make other stuff and follow that approach, there's a point where you you're doing too much, you know. Yeah. Um, I watched a video with um uh a guy, I can't remember the, the name of his company, but he works on um he, he creates shaders for three D software and he worked on Spider-Verse creating, you know, the tune shaders that, that allow to render, you know, drawn line and, and uh bitmap and, and uh oh what do we call that the the dots the halftone stuff that you put down the halftone uh stuff so he said that you know since spider-verse basically everything that he's worked on has some version of this hand-drawn vibe at work so like spider-verse very much opened the door so and he says the next five years of animated work that he's got lined up is stuff with this um, I saw the trailer for the Disney movie Wish, and you can see it there. You can see that at play. Um, watch it yourself just to have a look at it. It's not working there for me at all. Uh, it doesn't look... There's one shot in particular where it's very Disney princess story, at least in the trailer, whatever the movie becomes whatever but it looks very trad disney princess story there's a girl on a balcony she's got a little goat friend but the goat because of the way it's rendered looks like a hand-drawn uh who framed roger rabbit character next to a cg character and it does feel like they're trying to use this 2d render tool set to get close to their 90s you know 2d roots and I don't know that that's necessarily what they should be doing with this. It, they're trying to make, they're reaching back for an aesthetic, I think. Uh, and it looks like, you know, it looks like, you know, when you see a a, a Disney, like, you know, those little Golden Spine uh, illustrated books for kids that are like the tie-in to the movies. In places that it looks like those sort of like, and those are always cute, but they're always like, not on model to the mm-hmm. film that they came from and they're slightly simpler style and they're cutesier. And I look at this trailer for Wish and I'm like, yeah, I can see you got the tool set. I don't think you've landed on something cohesive here because these things aren't sitting well together. Maybe it looks good when it's still, but once it starts moving, it doesn't look great. Um, so I think it's a thing where like there's a whole new tool set and people are experimenting and some of it's going to work and some of it isn't. By comparison... There's a trailer for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which looks great. I don't know if you've seen that trailer. Again, whatever the movie becomes is that, but like in terms of picking an aesthetic and an art style and using the tool set, it it looks great. And I actually haven't followed Seth Rogen's animated feature career since Sausage Party. Like, did he go away from Sausage Party and go, okay, I've learned how to make an animated film, now I need to learn how to make them look well? Did they start paying their animators? Uh, that's a good... That's a good question. Start paying for quality? Because that Sausage Party movie looked like dog shit. Well, it wasn't even how that looked, it was just the fact that they didn't pay those people. Oh, yeah, I know. But, like, 
like look it pay your pay your staff pay your employees hire designers that work well you kind of rem- reminded me of like another thing as you were saying just about like the drawings and stuff where like back to across the spider-verse and then we'll move on but um like miguel yeah so the characters pointed out that vultures made a paper made a parchment or whatever but miguel has construction lines like drawing lines yeah and nobody nobody's going you're a drawing <laughs> you know um because it's yeah. not because it, it's it's not he's not a drawing he does a, doesn't he, he has a little, he's like, got loads of construction lines yeah yeah and like sometimes they're they're like the lines extending past you know if he's in profile and stuff yeah. it's extending but they just ignore that because Do he's they not call out hobie i can't remember but the thing is he's not a drawing it's just a stylistic thing right but that's that's my problem is that you can't pick and choose when 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 the stylistic thing is the reality or when the stylistic thing is just a visual you know thing to well here's because like thing. like Hobie, Actually. Hobie, Hobie's based on like punk posters and mm. Camden and that whole culture. So mm. he's, it's just a, it, it's a visually I, I entertaining. I know, but 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 that's the thing. It's like when I'm watching You're it, turning me. Um, <laughs> but no, because I just remember it, the end of in, Into the Spider Verse when we see Spider Man 2099 hit that amazing Spider Man universe. He becomes that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. He then looks like a '60s cartoon, but we don't see Miles land in Gwen's universe and become a Gwen character. We don't see, yeah, like if, because, if that's because, the case, Punk yeah. Spider-Man should land in a shared universe and become Miles' style. Yeah. Fuck. Well, like, do by all means do it, but don't don't draw attention to it. Don't set right. a rule for it. Don't set a rule for it. Just have it. Hobie, Hobie looks like punk posters. He's not actually a poster. Yeah. But the second then that a character calls you points a it out and calls it out. Yeah. And assuming they mean it literally, which I think they did, then yeah. you're you're just breaking you're breaking too much, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Yeah. Not that I've convinced um, I you. <laughs> uh, you actually you actually fucking did. Um God damn it. Um now I'm questioning the whole universe. <laughs> so I don't have a huge amount left. We we hit the uh, uh, hour mark just there in the recording and I have to stop just after 9. Um one of the other things I watched this week is the Arnold documentary on Netflix. I just put that on while I was working. Um, I was surprised to see that it's three specific episodes. I just thought I was getting a documentary rather than like a three-episode miniseries thing. Have you any interest in that? Not really. No, I, I might check it out, but I kind of need. I kind of feel like I know everything I need to know about it. I you know? think, yeah, I think that that's kind of like he has reached a position, like a Bruce Lee kind of thing for me growing up where you know I'm kind of fascinated by him for a six month period and I learn all this stuff and then he just exists as this iconic kind of presence in pop culture and growing up with Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and the media machine that he was I know most of the stuff that happens in this there's some lovely photography Um, it's nice seeing them together 
he does touch on I was kind of unsure if they would look it's very it's a very friendly documentary they're not digging into too much they they do go into the the women that showed up during his uh, electoral campaign they talk about the uh, the infidelity that broke the marriage up and then Joseph the son um but it's all very uh it's all pretty sanitized it's all stuff that he's you that's know, that's the way yeah he he he's talking about it in a way that he's happy to talk about it and they move on from it but then at the same time do I want I don't know that I want a 40 minute deep dive into the affair you know like that's pretty voyeuristic and you know taking glee in somebody's shit too you know like it does get to the other side of that where he sort of goes i completely fucked up and i have to live with this and i don't necessarily like talking about it because it just stirs it up again in the media i've made a huge mistake it tore my family apart i'm so happy to have this young man in my life now joseph is amazing I don't regret Joseph. You know, he's he's welcome and an amazing part of my family. But now my life has got this, you know, I have all of these successes, but now I have these failures or these mistakes or these things next to me as well. And I have to live with that for the rest of my life. And, you know, it's it's a good... But, like, to a degree, anybody watching this, maybe I'm wrong, is just trying to get to those... Let's see if he addresses the bad bits. Because maybe maybe that's just me. Um, because otherwise it's just like, hey, I was a bodybuilder and I was a very successful bodybuilder and then I was an actor and I was a very successful actor and then I was a politician and I was a successful politician. Let's keep going. So, you know, you can look at it that way. Like the, the they broke it into one episode about his bodybuilding career, one episode about his movie career, one episode about his political career. And I've seen the bodybuilding stuff so much growing up like you know being in the army and going a wall to compete and then winning junior mr europe or whatever it was um but there's part of me that's like did you spend three years in the army did you were you like it was six years of mr olympias so like anything happen anything interesting happen in miami over six years or did you just lift weights day in day out for six years you know was there nothing no i don't i don't know what i'm asking do you know what i mean but like getting any scrapes you know like like i don't know i've got some lunatic nights out you know what i mean did you i don't know i don't know what i'm i don't know what i'm asking but it's like it's the 60s and 70s in miami any any weird coke stories going on with gangsters you know but the the thing is you know making a documentary like this and sanitized Mm. as it is yeah it's got to be in service of something oh it's promo for fubar and all of the schwarzenegger movies they just bought as well to stream because they're all on even more i don't know i feel like there must be even a bigger motivation do you think he's running for something else or maybe i don't know why do it otherwise you know i yeah I, i i just don't know Seven, 75 years of age he's not running for president d- d- does does a guy who won at life as much as him can he let go of having a beef with trump you know probably yeah. not probably not 
do you think he's aiming at? I don't know. I mean, I feel there's more than just okay, that can't kind of be TV president. Show. But do you think he gets like? Does he become Secretary of State or something? Can't, can't be president yet. Like people are already talking about Trump and Biden getting elected at seventy five. Like by the time he, by the time any sort of law goes in place that lets a foreign born citizen run for president, yeah, no, could, could happen very good. quickly. But they do get to the point at the end of it where they talk about the work. They do kind of sum up. And I've heard him talk about this before. If you want to be a movie star, you have to like you have to go to the premieres worldwide and make yourself a global presence. And towards the end of it, they refer to him as what he has become as an elder statesman to the world. That he's you know put like they've got these clips for the COVID stuff that he's doing and the, the work he does with various um, political bodies uh, promoting I don't know health or whatever the hell else. But like actually, as you say it, I'm like he actually does pitch himself as a sort of kind of globe trotting diplomat mm-hmm. kind of presence towards the end of it and it's like okay well second biden administration or whatever the next what he's a republican isn't he i don't know um i can see him looking for some would he want to close out his career working for the white house rather than all i know is it, it's it's trump one arnold zero Trump one arnold zero just because he got, he... became president he became president and Arnold tried to do The Apprentice and it got cancelled. Mm. You know? Yeah. And that might seem petty, but I imagine he's probably a kind of yeah petty person. Yeah, I can see it. When he takes an yeah. L, he needs to come back from it. He needs to come back, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Why do, why, why do this documentary otherwise? You know? Yeah. Is it really going to drum up a lot more publicity for like it's on Netflix, so mm. you you've got a documentary on Netflix to bring up pu- publicity for your show on Netflix. Well, there's a degree of it at a certain like, point. Net- when Netflix you, when can you're just family can based just, around a character. Netflix owns a platform; they can just push the thing at yeah. you. They don't need yeah. a documentary to promote the show. Yeah. You know. But, uh, as I say, they're, when they, they're a family kind of built around a character as well. He's got a whole bunch of kids yep. who have, have vested interest in keeping the family business going. The family business name is Arnold. Does Arnold have a line of, like, can I buy an Arnold weight belt? Can I buy an Arnold protein shake? I feel like Probably. I should be able to at this point, right? Almost definitely, yeah. Because I know he worked with Joe Weider in the 70s. Joe Weider? Like... I don't know that he gets a cut of that. Anyway, look, um, watching the promo stuff he's been doing and watching some of Fubar, which is unwatchable, by the way. Um, uh, I, I got through the second episode. It is, it's painful. It's painful, like seeing him kind of reduced to this A-team quality dog shit. Um you know, there's a second episode, there's, you know, a standoff in a field and it's literally those open top jeeps and lots of gunfire hitting the ground around people and it's like, oh my God, we're watching the fucking A-Team. This is how far we've come in 30 years, you know. Um, I am kind of reminded that, like, I have loved this guy's movies and I've enjoyed this presence 
my whole life and whether or not he's got some black marks against him I just have a nostalgia and an affection for him being on screen and that's why I was kind of like as bummed as I was when I watched the first episode of Food Bart I'm like oh this is terrible this looks like home movies with Arnold it's oh, it's ropey but sure that's that Um, I was also saying uh, I played D&D for the first time last week I was saying that to Kev um, I don't know if you ever you bought the book right but did you did you read I it or the did beginners you thing um, players have book is it I'm not even sure I'm not okay. sure what it is I haven't I haven't probably read it no 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 okay um, it was fun I don't know if you've got to do any of it um, but it was it was fun and uh, my character died <laughs> which is apparently like it's not it's not impossible that your character dies but uh, it was said to me by the three people that I was playing with or three of the people that I was playing with that like they hadn't actually seen a new character arrive to an encounter and die within one session <laughs> before uh, so yeah there's that permadeath permadeath uh, I I joked I, th- I think I said this in the last episode as well, but like, you'll get this. I played Dungeons and Dragons the same way that I play Call of Duty. The first time there was a conflict and my team began to engage with a giant scorpion, I ran as far away as I could and let them handle it. The uh, second conflict, I uh, uh, I kind of Leroy Jenkins ran straight into it and caused trouble, painted myself into a corner. Uh, needed to be revived and then perma died which is so running for conflict instigating conflict needing to be saved and then perma dying is every round of cod i've ever played for the last three years true to form (laughs) 